Hey guys, welcome to the High Top Films Podcast. We don't have a name yet, so we'll probably just call it the High Top Cast. I'm Alex. And I'm Natalie. So Natalie, uh, for anyone who doesn't know you that well, why don't you give us a little fucking introduction about yourself because I talk about myself way too much. Um, oh boy, I don't know. I don't really know what to say. Uh, I'm Natalie. I'm from Pittsburgh. I'm 20, very, very recently 20. And I... A fact she's very proud of. Yeah, it's true. I finally made it. I'm like always the youngest of everybody, so it's kind of a big deal. Um, I work in restaurants. I do online college and I sing. I act in all of Alex's shorts. Um, I've been... I don't know. What else do I do? I do lots of stuff. I like to draw. I like to sing. I like to write. Um, I'm not quite as public about it as Alex, but hopefully I'm going to like change that this year. I just got a guitar, so I'm working on that. It's been fun. You know, I like to chill with my dog. Ace the... Uh, Ace the high top hound. There you go. Ace the high top hound is in the room right now. And so if you he's, hear anything random, you know, like scratching or barking or whatever, he's he's right there. He's sleep though. So. so so I think we figured that this episode would be the first one. I mean, it is the first one, but we should ask each other some personal questions because Natalie and I know each other pretty well. I would say so. But it's been a minute. It's yeah. been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> but uh, I feel like not everyone knows everything about you, especially or even like deep personal stuff about me other than I love Spider-Man too. Well, you know, it's like what you choose to reveal about yourself. That's so we have we have prepared questions for this one, and we're not quite sure how this whole podcast is going to go. I think what the idea is, is we want to get a bunch of other creators on here, and we also want to cover stuff, you know, like movies we don't necessarily cover on the High Top Films channel. We could chat about here. I think I think if we just did, like, art that we're excited about, stuff that's coming out, things that make us happy, like, it'll probably be us talking to a lot of different people i'm sure that there will also be episodes where it'll just be alex and i like hanging out and chatting about random shit like we kind of always do um but if you guys are like super down for that or not super down for that just like let us know what you think because it's a pretty fluid it's it's pretty uh open-ended right now like there's not a lot of structure this is the beta yeah exactly it's the beta test for it's like a blueprint all right let's stop wasting your time uh let's get into these questions why don't you shout them out and we'll both answer them all right all right is prepared some i'm also going to be answering some questions off of twitter and you guys can always send me questions that you want me to answer on this podcast or you want to ask natalie um just at me on twitter and be like hey motherfucker answer the goddamn question you can also call me nat i probably prefer being called Nat. Yeah, I was yeah, just Yeah, Natalie's Nat- like weird. Nobody ever calls me Natalie, but I feel like I need to introduce myself as such because nobody... I mean, people are like somewhat familiar with who I am, but just baseline, call me Nat. That's call it. her Nat. Yeah, call me Nat. <laughs> um, okay, so come. I came up with a couple questions. First one is, when did you first discover your passion? When did you discover your passion, Alex? Oh, um, I think for me... I've, I've said this in a video before, but honest to God, I'm not just playing the act here, um, playing the role of high top films. Um, I genuinely believe it was when my parents took me to see Spider-Man 2 that I saw that movie and was like, holy shit, this has had a profound effect on me. And I was like, what, five, four, five, five? I think you would have been, I think you would have been four. I say in the video, I think it was five. I think oh, it was really? five, yeah. Was it like you sat there and you were like, it's it's like look one of this the, is something that like somebody did did you did you no, observe it as an art piece or was I it like i think what it was was i just was like holy shit this is this is spider-man he's on the big screen and i love this so much and it made me feel so many things and then i think where the passion for the idea of directing and filmmaking came from was honest to god from the behind the scenes of that so once it that came to sense. dvd or vhs i don't even know if the vhs had the behind the scenes but as soon as I could watch, like, oh, man, people made this thing that I love so much. Then you could sort of, like, connect to those people almost in a yes. way that you could... It was more tangible, Because I, I always, I always, um, I always used to play pretend with my friends and with my dad. Yeah. Just, like, where I'd be Batman or I'd be, like, you know, a cop and they'd be a robber. You know, like, every little kid does that. Yeah. But I, I love to think of these intricate stories for 
those like I guess make believe sessions. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And like when you played house, it was never just house. It was always more elaborate. Like you always had more to more to bring to the table than just fucking house. Yeah. I guess, yeah, yeah. I was a pretentious little fucking kid. Nothing's, well, you know. nothing's changed. Yeah, can't um, help who you are. <laughs> um, and I would just think of, like, I would see these movies, and I would think of, like, the scenes in between scenes, if that makes sense. Like, in Spider-Man 2, I just imagined a thousand different ways the next segment of that. I didn't. I don't think I thought of it as in, like, oh, what are they going to do in Spider-Man 3? I was like, oh, man, it would be so crazy if Peter and Mary Jane went here from there. Or, like, before this movie, what if Peter fought, like, the Shocker? You know what I mean? Yeah, so how the way that... What, how I understand what you're saying right now is, like, you saw the movies, but then you connected with the characters and you were willing... You wanted to see... I kind of just lost my train of thought. I wish that I hadn't. But you, you were interested to see more, like... You didn't think of the characters in terms of the people who made the characters. You thought of the characters as, like, real, actual people. Yes. And then once you saw that real like people that live on this earth made, made the that. characters you were like that's who i want to be uh yeah i would say it's, it was a lot slower than that it wasn't like an well instant. yeah of course yeah. of course but um i think well for a while i just wanted to be a superhero when i was a kid that was my passion naturally yeah uh for way too long i used to dress up like batman everywhere i went and my like parents friends used to be like oh why do you let your son do yeah that? why is your son so weird <laughs> But I guess it paid off, kind of. But um, I'm trying to think what else, like, what really kickstarted the idea that I want to make movies. I really, I just think it was all of that. It was watching a movie like Spider-Man 2 and then discovering behind the scenes. And like you said, figuring out that there were people who made these things that I love so much. And for a while, I wanted to be a writer, I think. In my middle school years, that was like what I wanted to do. But I always wrote things visually. That like I sense. always wrote out shots. Like the way I wrote like in fucking, you know, my horrible fifth grade handwriting. Right. It, yeah. Yeah. The way I wrote stuff was very much like someone was watching it. It wasn't like so much prose book type writing. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know it was screenplay writing until I read a, a screenplay. screenplay. Yeah. And the first screenplay I read was... Of course, because I'm a real film bro. The first screenplay I read was, I think, Donnie Darko. Oh my fucking God, Noah. That's I think so it was. Funny. I really think it was. because That's uh, so fucking funny. Because I, I was in, I don't know if I was in high school. I think I was in like eighth grade. And I watched that movie. And I still love that movie. But like when you're younger, that movie just hits you like, yes. You know, like this is awesome. It's like super cool. And it's just so weird different. and funky. And like, it's, yeah, it's relatable because it. it's about like an angsty teen yeah. boy who hates most of everything. You know what I mean? It's relatable to like a fucking, you know, it's teen, relatable to a teen boy <laughs> to a teen boy. It really is. And I was like, oh, man, who made this? And then because I was into that stuff at that mm -hmm. point. And it was Richard Kelly. I hope that's right. I'll go back and change that's that. All right. if that's Fact not right. check, whatever. Fucking leave it in the comments. If I'm pretty wrong. sure it's him. And then I, I, he wrote that as his college film. Mm -hmm. Wow. And really? I, was I like, didn't know that. I'm not too far away from that age in the eighth grade. I was like, that's another five years. I should probably read it. And I read it and I was like, holy shit, this is like the little stories I've been writing are like written like this. Yeah. Like written in screenplay format. And I always thought I was just dumb, which I am. But I thought I was like, I, I thought that I was, um, writing wrong yeah i didn't realize that i was writing for a different medium other than like i wasn't writing a, novel a book or like poetry or yes. like yeah i got you i was writing a screenplay that makes sense and then I, I why don't you answer it i could keep going about like the steps i like listening to you talk about it um i don't know because my my backstory isn't so interesting like i was always into like artsy fartsy shit i guess like when I was a kid, I, like, drew all the time. And, like, I've always sang. I don't even remember the first time I opened my mouth and sang a note. I think probably because I was so young. But, like, it only grew from the time that I was a child until now. Like, the the amount that I love to sing and the amount that I love music and the, the discovery that I've had of music has only grown. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's just a matter of, like, when you... Like, when I was a kid, I liked, like, Miley Cyrus, and I just loved fucking Hannah Montana, and I just thought it was the coolest thing, like, all the outfits and, like, all the costume changes and the flashy stuff, and I, like, the singing, I think, wasn't so much, like, the singing was just all I needed to get there, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? But then as I grew older, it was sort of, like, it sort of manifested itself, the love 
of that life manifested into the love of singing and the love of music. And I think I spent, I wasted a lot of time just like, I don't know. I feel like in my life, I've probably wasted a lot of my time, but I I wasted a lot. I think we all waste a lot of time. Yeah, but I don't know. It's like, it hits different for different people. But anyways, I just, oh fuck. I lost my, I completely lost my train of thought. I don't even know. I just, um, it just became less about being famous and it became more about like, this is something that I'm good at that I want to share with people, but I wasted a lot of time like being shy about it and feeling like, like imposter syndrome almost like not to self diagnose, but like I never felt like I was supposed to be the person who like was good at it. You were just like, Oh, I just, I never truly felt like it was supposed to be like me, like myself. Like I didn't like, I didn't feel like, I was like, who am I to like be a singer? You know what I mean? And I'm still like that because in, I, I would imagine that's probably why I like haven't pursued it as much as I wish that I would have and I'm going to start doing, you know, but it's like, Oof. it's just the feeling of like it, like it's me. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. So it's like, it's, it's basically you're like, oh, I'm Natalie Small and I, I can't be a singer because, because I'm, I'm Natalie, Natalie Small. Small. Yeah. yeah. And no, it's like, I get that. it's like. I feel like, but the fact that you're aware of that, the fact that you are aware that it's a bullshit like excuse to not do what yeah, you are. Yeah, it's such a bullshit excuse to not. Well, do the it. fact that and you're aware so, that like, it's not it. The fact that you're aware of the fact that that's a quote bullshit excuse, like we just said, right? Yeah. I think that means that you are on the path to figuring it all out. I know that's that sounds douchey. But yeah, figuring it all out is like I mean where but that's I, true. That's like the world that I live in is like figuring it all. out. I mean, out. everyone's always like that. Though. I know, but that's why I like that's why I'm here, and that's why like we're doing this podcast, and that's why I feel like hopefully people can listen and like understand where I'm coming from because I feel like a lot of people probably feel like the same way that I do. I mean, you know I, I feel mean? the same way that you. do. I know, but like you're successful, so shut the fuck up. But like, listen. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like it's like the feeling the feeling of being paralyzed because you don't know exactly where to begin like I know that I have the potential to like make myself proud but I don't know how like where to start so it's like I feel like we're not even talking about the original question no this is good this is good it's personal I just feel like uh I just feel I finally feel like it's like time to start and like it's like who the like who gives a shit like who I am or who I feel like I am it's like I, am I just going to like sit here and waste all my time feeling inadequate or am I going to well, like my, my, start? My best advice to, to anyone listening who may be going through the same thing, and I've told you this a thousand times, is you will never be the person that you want to be if you worry about anybody else. Yeah. If you worry about how anybody else is going to view you, if you view yourself, if you're like, oh, I'm never going to be a singer because I am Natalie Small and there's no way that Natalie Small could be a singer because what, what, and no one's ever, everyone would just say, oh, you're Natalie Small, you're not a singer. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Wait, side note. Do you know, remember when we, whenever we saw fucking the Elton John movie, what is it called? Rocket Man. Yeah. There's the guy in like the club, the jazz club that they sing you at. Gotta kill the person. You gotta kill the person that you were born to be, to be the person that you wanna be. And that is just the truest shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's no, like I the think truest it's, it fact. It is true. It is I just, true. I think it's awesome. And so like here we are and that's what I'm trying to do here. So everybody who understands me, like let's go, let's be friends. <laughs> um, what's the next question? What drives you to pursue that passion? I think you just kind of answered yeah, that. I, yeah, like my own feeling of self-doubt and inadequacy and the feeling that I'm wasting time that yeah, is what drives that's, me that's that's like a I mean a lot of people may think that's a negative driving force but I don't think it is I think proving something to yourself is the best motivation I feel like that's your entire motivation oh that's yeah that's literally like why you are who you are I, th- I would agree I would agree I think it's um it's I could talk about movies all the time to people and rant about these things but why I'm trying to think like a YouTube specifically because most of the people watching this, I'm like the YouTuber, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, Don't get me wrong. I I love interacting with everyone and I love it all. But like my passion's film, obviously. I think you can tell from all the videos that it's not always going to be about me talking about other people's art. Um, So what pursues me to keep going? Sorry, Sorry. restart. No, it's fine. You can interrupt me. No, go for it. I'm going to leave this in. Okay, Um, cool. 
what what so is the question like what drives my passion for film or what drives my passion for youtube slash well, I feel it's both like, it's both i feel like your passion for youtube completely comes from your passion for film i feel like you 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 like youtube is like a means it's like the road to also, film. That's it, the way that it was whenever it, it first started. You were like, if I can go on there and like find a platform and like if people want to hear what I have to say, then like the doors open for endless possibilities in addition to YouTube. Yeah. So it's like would, it's like a key. Well, I would I would say this is I keep saying such pretentious shit. Um, but can't help who you are. I know, I know. It's not even I'm, I'm not even trying to be quote unquote pretentious, but um, I don't want people to watch my YouTube videos and view them as like, oh, it's a Spider-Man 2 review. Because I don't think that's that at all, you know? I don't think that like the Guardians video or especially any of my newer stuff that I take so long on. Sorry, everyone. Um, but sorry, uh, Raimi Part 3 coming before you all die. Coming, <laughs> coming in 75 sometime years. in 2019. <laughs> um, 2020. No, yeah, no, no, it'll be in 2019. It'll be soon. I don't want my videos to be viewed as just another film critic. I'd rather, I want to elicit emotion through my YouTube videos. I don't want to do something that I don't see a lot of other creators doing. Um, I, I just wish, I want to tell stories about other stories, if that makes fucking sense. No, I um, think it does. I want my Spider-Man 2 video to make everyone feel a plethora of different emotions and think about a movie in a new way, if that makes sense. I want people to... I want it to be more like a movie. I want my film reviews to be films. You want your... My, my your quote, commentary on art to be art as well. That's pretentious. That is, that's funny, but... Uh, but like I wouldn't call my stuff art per se. Like it's. Not, I don't know. I, I feel like it's. I, feel I mean, like it's anything's very art, but yeah. Um, I, I I just want it to be. I just want someone to watch it, and then it's like, oh, I didn't watch a YouTube video. I watched a short film on another movie. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like that's that's the angle, and I think like Patrick Willems does that so well. Patrick Willems is really good at that. It, he does very it so well. My buddy Loverboy Media, Bailey, the he's boy. he's going to be on here soon. He does that so well. Plenty, all my film hub buddies do that well. Um, I, I just, I want, I just want, ah, that's, that's my driving force right now um, is I just want to make movies about movies. Yeah. If, yeah. That's an attainable goal. And that's, that's, yeah, I guess. What was the question? I don't know where I went. <laughs> That's there. how I always feel whenever it was. I it was what's your driving passion? Yeah, I feel like I feel like you answered it. Uh, okay, well, my driving passion. I'll bank this real quick. Is I want to make movies and films and movies about movies that, like I just fucking said, my pretentious way of describing my own work. Um, I just want to make that. I just want to make people feel stuff, you know, because yeah. I feel like we're such suppressed people. I feel like everyone in the world is, you know, hides their emotions and doesn't want to talk about emotions. So if I make this really everything I, I think I've ever attempted to make, even even Robin, which you know we we roast all the time <laughs> around here, but but Robin is a meme. I I don't. It's it's I'm not doing it to just like entertain per se. I just want to make someone feel something. That's and always I, what you say. That's not only like. I feel like you're not just saying that. I feel like nothing that we've said has been just for the podcast, but like that's something that I definitely hear you say very often. Yeah, no, I just like in life, it's just like your goal is to like evoke something in somebody that maybe makes them feel not so alone. Yeah, and I think that's what can I think that's what good art does. You yeah, know? I, I said so that too. in my Spider-Man PS4 video, and it got memes so hard. Like, yeah, but like mean that's it. what good art does make you feel something, and I do mean that. And like, I, I that's all I care about doing is if. I, I want to make stuff where I make you laugh and I make you cry and I make you, you know, realize something about yourself. I want to make things that can allow people to feel because we often don't feel enough, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think we choose so. not to feel because it's easier that way. And I think watching movies that allow you to feel so many things and it's not fabricated, it's, it's genuine. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, I feel like that's really powerful and that's, that's, what I want to do. That's the, that's the service I wish to provide to the world before I die. It's just make someone, you know, feel something. Fuck yeah. All right, cool. 
Let's move on. No, yeah, go for it. Sorry. Okay, cool. Uh, uh, uh. Wow, wow. Do you ever become uncertain? If so, how do you deal with it? I feel like we just answered that in a way. Uh, no, we didn't. No, I don't think so. I don't yeah. think we did. Um, do do I ever feel uncertain? I feel like, uh, yes, you know this. I'm always yeah. so uncertain. Um, everything I do is uncertain, if that makes fucking sense. Every... Uh, every video I make, I go through a thousand different times and record the voiceover while I literally beat myself until it's perfect mm-hmm. in my, in my head. And even then I hate it. You know what I mean? So I think that with any art and any artist and any, any fucking, if you're a singer, you know, if you're a painter, if you're a, you know, musician, if you're a filmmaker, if you're, you know, a writer, I feel like you just most of the time hate your own stuff. Yeah, that's definitely and true. And so like insecurities are just... A natural part of that and I feel like the way to, to to combat insecurities is to just roll with it roll with the insecurity um, because if you get stuck on page one of your metaphorical screenplay or your you know the first note of your song or the first word that you sing uh, you'll never get anywhere you just have to f- work through it and then just go with your gut and that's if you're even if your guts like hey this sucks keep rolling with it and you know don't listen to those voices that everyone has is my advice for dealing with insecurities well my answer to that question is i feel like i sort of like live in uncertainty because i don't have that definitive like i want to be this and i want to do this and i never really have so i sort of embrace it you know what i mean like in a way i feel like being uncertain allows for a lot of open-ended possibilities. So it's like, maybe I'll do a photo shoot today. Or like, maybe I'll be an actress for the day. Or maybe I'll sing a song. Or learn to play the guitar. So like, the uncertainty of it all, I think, I kind of use it as like an avenue to explore different things about myself and about life and like, about how I can make myself happy. So I don't feel like I view uncertainty like as a bad thing. I wrote, I wrote, how do you deal with it as if it were something that has to be dealt with. But I feel like I sort of just accept it as some, like as the state of things. It's always, you're always going to. Yeah. Like I always feel uncertain. Mm -hmm. I've never, I don't think I've ever not felt uncertain. And I think that that's just part of who I am. Like. I always question like myself and who I am to myself and like whether or not I'm being myself. Like, what does that even mean? So like uncertainty is like just complete, like branded into like my personality. Mm -hmm. Like it's part of like my character to like question myself constantly and not to be like fucking pretentious. That's not what I'm, I don't mean like question. How many times have we said? Question myself constantly. How many times have we said pretentious? Yeah, I think five, five. Five. You guys tell us. Should we keep a tally next time? Yeah, we will every time. Yeah, we will. Um, but I don't know. I, I think that, I think that like, yeah, of course, every, of course, every person who feels creative in any way and like they want to do that with their life, like be creative is going to feel uncertain, but you just have to kind of like go with the flow and see where that uncertainty takes you. Because I think that like not having a definitive, I don't know. Let me start over. I think that not having I feel like not having a definitive plan for yourself can be daunting, but also like kind of beneficial in the way where like you don't know, like I don't know where I'm going to end up. Hopefully if I can get my shit together, like it'll be somewhere cool and like I'll be able to do something interesting and great with myself. But I don't know. I kind of just embrace it. Like I just I just do my best to like live my best life and be who I am so our advice is to to roll with the uncertainty just roll with the punches man you'll be fine just do what you feel it's like use your best judgment you know what I mean it's like don't do don't do stupid shit but like just do things that make you feel like what like like yourself do things that make you feel like what you're doing is right sorry for the technical difficulties I had to pee and uh Natalie had to go get a drink of water but we're back now and uh I have a question for you you okay natalie okay nat what inspires you or who or whom 
a lot of things inspire me. I'm really inspired by my family. Um, I'm really inspired by you. I'm really inspired by my dog. I just am inspired by things that I love. I'm inspired by things that make me feel like full and lovely. Whenever Ace like runs down the stairs to greet me after I've been gone for a long time, it makes me feel like it makes me feel love. So it's just things that make me feel full and happy and make me feel that I mean something to them. I think that I look to my family for that a lot, for that validation. So it's it's a give and a take, I think. What was the question? What inspires you? That was good. That was great. You don't need to ask me what the question was. That was good. A lot of things inspire me, too. Really good music inspires me. Really good, like, blues and really good jazz <laughs> music inspire me. I feel really inspired to make things when I listen to music. So in terms of a creative outlet, I think I turn to music a lot to be inspired to do something where it comes from. Like when I put my brain on a, a page, mm-hmm. I think it's probably after I listen to a really good song. Um, also inspires me. Oh, if I, if I watch a really good movie, if I just, if so I like respond, yeah, if I respond to something in a way, if something makes me feel something Oh, so to tie it back into before. Yeah, exactly. So if you watch or consume or, you know, listen to something that is, uh, you know, quality art or quality whatever. Yeah, if it makes me feel some type of way, you know. That inspires you to make stuff that makes other people feel some kind of way. Yes. I would agree. Excuse me, exactly. (laughs) I don't have anything. Fuck, I just bumped the mic. Uh, I don't have anything to add to that. That is great. No, do you do you feel the same way? I I would agree. I would say I'm less inspired by people in my life than I am just by just by other you know creative other, people. Other, other. I think you're really inspired by Sam Raimi. I oh, oh really, I mean, of course. I think you're really inspired by James Gunn. I think you're really inspired by people who you can look up to. Just other filmmakers. Yeah. 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 People who you like want to be Not, I, but, but you don't want to be them you just feel like you can, i mean i'd happily fucking yeah, be either yeah, but you feel guys, like you but, can take a lesson from them yeah i feel like i'm more inspired by people i don't know than people i do know yeah and that's not to say that like my friends and my family don't have a meaningful part in my writing because or my anything because you know you write and you create what you know and that's definitely inspiring but i don't think that's what triggers the inspiration yeah for me it's more like you said it's more just other artists fucking you that know, makes sense i think that makes sense. i see something that's like damn that's damn good and yeah. then i'm that's what inspires me you're like holy shit i want to make that like i want to make something similar to that or i yeah. want to make something something yeah. something along those lines do you want to do you want to take some twitter questions or yeah do you let's more? do some twitter questions that sounds good i feel like i've asked enough of my own questions So now we're going to take some Twitter questions and our first question, and as always, feel free to ask these questions at me on Twitter, at Natalie on Twitter, and we'll screenshot our favorite ones or the ones that we feel are applicable to the topic that we're talking about. So since we're talking about insecurities, creating and all that shit and getting us introduced to the, to the vibe of the podcast, the vibe, the vibe, um, this one comes from Moonface on Twitter. And he says, what's the hardest thing about being a creative? A creative. Yes. <laughs> you answer that. I feel like you're more creative. You're more of a creative in the public eye. Oh, man. I don't know. What, what is the hardest thing? I feel like the entire being creative is hard. Um, it's, an, it's an uphill battle. Um. I would say the hardest thing is that if you're creative 99.9% of your life, you will feel lonely. And I don't, I don't know, that's kind of bleak to say, but I, I mean it. I think that if you're creative and you have all these ideas, you have to understand that most of the people around you won't have those same ideas. And that's isolating for a large portion of your life, especially if you're younger, because I think a lot of younger people will listen to this. Um, just being, just being creative is 
it's isolating, you know, it's even, even what I do is make YouTube videos and I do it most of the time. I mean, thank God I have Natalie to help out, but I mean, most of it's me alone writing or me alone editing or me alone thinking of these ideas, you know? And so I would say loneliness is a big, you know, hard part about being creative, but I would say the way to, to work past that is to find other creative people, find people that you can work with. And being a creative, you're definitely not going to, you know, love to work with everyone because it's always a matter of like their ideas may not sync up with your ideas and that's perfectly fine. But there are people that out there, there are people that are out there who you can create with and who, who you can vibe with, vibe, who you can vibe with. I think that's terminology. Um, I just hate that word. I know. I know. It seems so like hippy dippy whenever hippy you say dippy. it. Uh, yeah, but there, I, I feel like that's that's the hardest part about being a creative is it's very it's a self it's an independent job it's an independent thing you know um, yeah and that's that's my hardest thing about it is it's it's lonely sometimes it gets lonely I think that makes a lot of sense I think it's probably I don't I don't know for me I don't really view myself as like quote-unquote a creative I don't think of myself in that way I just she's too cool for that no that's not what I, mean. I know I know I just don't feel like I qualify in a way I, I feel think, I think if you you are always thinking of stuff I would definitely say that you're a creative I know I, like sorry 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 I know she I just crack, cracked her I knuckle. crack my knuckles I just do it I it's a habit it's a bad habit um I think for me, it's feeling like it's just confidence, honestly. For me, it's it's a confidence issue. I feel that there is a lot that I could be doing, but I don't because I don't feel good enough to do it. And we talked about that earlier. Yeah, we talked about adequacy. it earlier. I think I think it just kind of applies. It's like across the board. It's like a feeling inadequate. Is yeah, what you it's would an say. inadequacy thing. And for me, I I understand what it's. I understand where you're coming from whenever you talk about being lonely because I feel like a, there's a lot of me that tries to f like fit in in a way. I don't know. Not to be like down or no, like no, sad. No, no, it's real. Not to be a downer, I like that. But it's like you... I think that I portray myself in a way that makes it easier for me to interact with people on a more personal level so that I don't have to feel lonely. I'm really good at turning off my brain and not thinking about how having all these feelings and being such an angst boy and such a like sad girl TM. Cause that's who literally who I am. Like I'm such a sad girl TM. It's like embarrassing, but trademark trademark. Yeah. TM is trademark. I, it's, it, it's a I, meme. I think it's most people know, but just in case. Yeah. So it's, I think the hardest part is embracing your, for me, it's embracing that part of myself to, for the hardest part of being a creative person for me is embracing myself as a creative person so that I have the ability to be actually creative. And that's. And my, my, my two cents on that is never try to fit in. And that's where, it, I mean, both our answers tie together. You know, it's either yeah. you try to fit in with other people and you won't be able to fit in in the way that you wish to fit in or you're just lonely for a good portion of time. Yeah. And either way, it kind of sucks. It sucks being creative. It, it's yeah. true. It's it's wonderful. It's it's amazing. It's a it's a gift and a curse to quote Spider-Man because I, I know I know that uh, I know my audience. I think it just sounds so pretentious, though. Whenever no, you it, talk about it, not you specifically, just like I mean, of course, generally me, you. I I don't know. It's just it's not pretentious at all to say that like it's 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 an unbelievable blessing to be able to think creatively, but it's also there are downfalls with it, like anything. You just can't help but feel a little odd. Yeah, I think. you just feel a little odd. And that's good though. Be odd. Because you're going to change the fucking world. The people who you desperately are... Not you. I'm saying you... Proverbially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The people that you are trying to appease in your life and the people that you think matter, especially if you're in high school. Because I, I, was, I wasn't in high school that long ago, you know? Neither were you. And just the, 
the people that you will try to shut your creative brain off for just to fit in with are not worth that. They're definitely not worth it. Yeah, and that's They're definitely not worth it. And that's yeah. Take it from me, everybody. Oh, I'm sorry. That's no, okay. That was <laughs> just, just loud. Blow in, out your ear that was just loud in my microphone. Just just be yourself, you know. Yeah, so that, that I hope that answered the question, the hardest part. I think it did. I think it I did. think it did, yeah. Um, okay. I have one about the real teens, but you wouldn't. No, no, no. Answer the real teens. That's an interesting This is topic. one is from MovieBoy99 on Twitter. And he says, how was your experience with the real teens? For those of you who don't know, I was on a local television show for three years. I think three, maybe four. I just watched a couple of videos and it made me think on how people, how many people who seem perfectly average might have such a passion for stuff like you. From the real teens, I don't think I would have guessed your profound passion for film and superheroes. Um, so how was my experience on the real teens? That makes sense because I was, I was, uh, on the real teens. I, I wasn't real. <laughs> I, I played, uh, whatever the older producer types, my voice just cracked the older, producer types. yeah, the older producer types wanted me to, wanted me to be, which was, you know, charming and just a regular guy making movies. You know what I mean? I couldn't rant about Batman on the real teens. You know, yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't rant about Evil Dead. That wasn't the show they were making. Um, that's the show I wanted to make. But that, that like I said, that's a story for a different day. Mm-hmm. But um, how was my experience on it? Uh, it was, um, it was, I, I have met some of the most influential people in my life. I met my, my great mentor and friend, Jordan Taylor, and so many mentors, Andy Esper, um, Ian Altenball, I could go on and on. Carl Curlander, I could go on and on. And it, it's, it's, I learned everything I know about editing, everything I know about how to frame a shot from those guys on The Real Teens. That's where I learned how to put these ideas I had in my head onto film or onto fucking the shitty digital cameras we used. Um, I feel like it was a very transformative experience and the way that it allowed you to see the process of doing what you wanted to do. Yeah, because I had, I had made I had made like Spider-Man movies that some of you may have seen, some of you probably will never see. Patreon.com slash <laughs> iTop Films. Uh, um, but I had never done it where it was seen by so many people and we had to fulfill a product, if that makes sense. And I, I learned a lot about how there's always going to be creative differences. I would say that was Haters the most... going to hate, man. I wouldn't say that was what I learned, but uh, no. I, I would say that... Um, I would. I learned. I learned that there's always going to be creative differences in movies and TV shows, no matter how you know small scale. We were like probably like 20 people making that show, and there were every day there was a creative difference between me and one of the older people, or one of the older people and me didn't like what we shot or didn't like what we do, and that was that was pretty that was pretty influential because I got I got jaded at such a young age to like how the process is. You know, about just how, like being shut down so many times. Not even I wouldn't even say shut down because they they were like. I make it sound horrible, but it wasn't. But uh, they were definitely more lenient than I guess a lot of people could be. You know, I've been on indie. I film mean, they sets. let you make a TV show at the age of fifteen. I know, but it's not about the fact that they let us make the show. It's about the fact that they asked us to make a show and then they wanted to make the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. They tried to use you as an avenue to do what they wanted to do instead of letting you. They said that they were going to let you make a TV show and then they used you to make their TV show. Yeah, yeah and that's a perfectly... Yeah. I'll leave it that be. I don't want to talk, yeah, talk yeah. bad, but that was... It was a good learning experience. And like I said, I'm so thankful for the people I met. The people were wonderful. I wouldn't say every person was wonderful because no one's ever, not, not every person's ever wonderful, but um, does that make sense? Not every person. No, it did not make sense. What? Not every person. Not every ever... person is always wonderful. Yeah. Um, but I had, a, I had a great time and it was a great learning experience. Uh, and that's what I'll say about the real teens. Okay. Now we can do one that we can both answer. Okay. Cool. Quick. So this one is from Soot Suit uh, at Raindrops R. Does knowing a spoiler when going into a piece of media typically ruin it for you, or is it irrelevant to your opinion of that final product? Alex could literally talk about this. I for have two a strong hours. opinion. He has such a strong opinion. I think that if a movie hinges on its shock value, then it's not doing the best job that it could do. 
That's that's I think that's the most concise way to put it. Yeah. I think that it's perfectly cool and great to to be surprised by something, but if the movie hinges on those surprises, then I don't I may not respond to it as well, if that makes sense. So like I'm a person who I don't care. I knew spoilers. I knew that Iron Man died before we saw yeah yeah before we saw Endgame. And I don't think that not knowing would make it a better movie. I may have enjoyed it more the first time, but I think upon revisit, I wouldn't, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. I think that's a really good way of putting it. Like you can't, if If the emotion that you're hitting is purely shock, Yes. you know, then you're probably not hitting the right emotion because you're not going to be shocked the second time. Your shock has to hinge on something deeper yes. than that. Yes. So it has to come from a place like, of course, you're going to be shocked and maybe you're going to be shocked because if it's such a good film, maybe you're going to be shocked every time you watch it. Mm. Um, but if the initial shock is the only feeling or experience that you're that's being evoked in you by that movie, then it's probably not hitting right. Like, if something about it doesn't, like, hit right. I think that's true. I think for me, I value surprise, though. Like, I I think that I claim in my life to not like surprises, but then if I'm going to see a movie, I think that it's fun to be surprised by things. Oh, but, I think it's definitely fun. Yeah, but also what you're saying is definitely accurate. Um. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I think that answered the question. Yeah, sure. So, so, so I don't think it. I don't. I don't think for me at least. I don't think knowing the spoilers for something ruins it for me at all. I think if anything, it like unclouds my my uh, perception of something. I don't know. It's like uh, I didn't know the ending of Split. Spoiler alert! Turned out that it was a sequel to Unbreakable, and I didn't know that. But when I saw that, I was so excited, and that was a great surprise. But if I watch that now, I'd still be like, holy shit, that's yeah, such it's a like good ending. still really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And not, and I would say not a lot of movies that have, not, 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 not a lot, but there are, there are movies that rely too heavily on twists that when you go back to revisit it. You're like, that's. You're like, oh, now it's kind of like, doesn't, doesn't feel it's the same. It's just overdone. Yeah. It's not, it's mm-hmm. not as impactful. All right. The next question comes from LMZ at Apollo DLX on Twitter. Okay. Thoughts on cancel culture. Ooh, baby. Let's go. I think that the people who cancel other people, who get satisfaction from canceling other people, are maybe not necessarily the scum of the earth, but somewhere close. And if that's harsh, so be it. You know? Uh, I think that anyone who dedicates their time to trying to find flaws in other people must be the most insecure, you know, the most like just nasty human being. I feel like insecure is probably the best way of putting I think, it. I think both. Like how could you be secure in yourself if if you're so obsessed you're with canceling other yeah. people? I don't know. I think one sec. Bless. Bless you. Bless you. See, I'm allergic to the bullshit that He's is He's allergic to the bullshit everybody. Um I just think that I think that canceling like it's 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 stupid like if someone does something they're probably going to hold like if they don't hold themselves accountable then there's that's different. Harvey Weinstein, he got canceled. Cancel one, the bitch. Yeah. Exactly, cancel him. Like, Let's all agree. But then you get the James Gunn situation where like I, some people may be offended by this but like I think that his edgy humor that some people may be offended by and yeah they were offensive jokes. But the idea that he can get fired from Disney because some fucking idiots on Twitter are like, look at what James Gunn posted 10 years ago. Like, it's dangerous. It's stupid. And you lose freedom of speech. You lose the the ability to say what you're feeling because you're going to worry that you're going to get canceled. And I know the response to that would be like, oh, well, then don't do anything that you could get canceled for. But the way know, but cancel the culture of the works. The situation is that everybody does things that they could probably be canceled for because human beings are human beings and people say stupid shit all the fucking time. Yeah, it's 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 so dumb and it's not it's not like the, I'm not saying like like Kevin Spacey or like like we said Harvey Weinstein. Like a, I think Kevin that there's Spacey a difference between canceled, canceling. Like, let's just lay the fucking groundwork here. There's a difference between canceling a universally accepted shit person like somebody who is a piece of shit human being and canceling somebody who did something that you were offended by that you didn't respond to like that it wasn't like you weren't feeling it so they're canceled like that's 
I don't know. I That's think, the way that I feel. I think the way I feel about cancel culture can be summed up by the quote from the Green Goblin in the first Spider-Man. Oh, boy. Where he's like, this city is filled with blah, 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 right? Like X amount of people. And they exist for the sole reason to bring, to lift these icons up onto their shoulders, right? Mm -hmm. And the one thing they like more is to see that hero fail, fall, die trying. So why, yeah, in spite right. of everything you've done for them, eventually they will hate you. And I think that's just, like, people look towards these celebrity types of any, of any, you know, level. I'm talking, like, YouTubers to, like you know. Like, the president of the United like, States. Well, he's different. Okay, well, uh, that wasn't. I know. Enough. I'm talking about YouTubers to, to, like, actors to, you know, to politicians, right? Yeah. Any level. The idea that someone would go out of their way to try to cancel that person just means it's just i don't know it, it comes from that it's it's these people that aren't that feel less than and want to bring other people down because they don't have that platform and that's what it is i'm not saying that's what it all is but that's the that's like the twitter cancel culture woke culture that's what that is you know like what what was the who who recently tried to get canceled like there's so many Everybody, I feel like people get canceled every day. I, in my opinion, cancel culture is not a new thing. Okay. Cancel culture is something that has recently become so widely like used and accepted because of social media, because of Twitter, because these people who never had a voice before were given a platform. And now if they have 400 followers and one of those 400 people agrees with, with what they say, it's so, it's so easily becomes like, it's a bandwagon yeah yeah it's exactly it's just like hopping on the bandwagon it can very easily become like a trend like it can like something can trend so fucking easily and it doesn't matter whose voice or who like whose words it is it's just if people find something that they can identify with even if it's completely wrong even if it makes no sense because of social media it like they're given this platform it's just inher like inherent that they have this place where they can go and say all this stupid shit that like normally would be like people would be if if in a in a room of people if I, like at school you know if somebody was like Chris Evans and ScarJo should be canceled because they went and visited the military that happened on Twitter yeah I, I know yeah that's what you told me like I feel like everybody would be like shut the fuck up. You know what I mean? I feel like more people than not would be like, what are you, like, that doesn't make well, any sense. The, the, I think the reason that we're being harsh about this is we're not talking about, like, Brian Singer getting, you know, fired from a movie because he's a, he's a fucking piece of shit, right? Yeah. We're, we're, because that's not, that's not, quote, canceling. You know what I mean? It's not that's like. That's like, put, get, like, that's justice. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not, like, the idea that the, the term cancel is only used by people who aren't, like, I mean, it's not. You're not doing it for justice purposes if you're hashtag canceled. You're doing it because you want to get attention. And I think it's fucking pathetic. And that's th those are my harsh words, but that's, that's my opinion on cancel culture. I think people should hold themselves accountable for shit. I don't think you should look for the flaws in people. And I think when someone does something so horrible and it gets found out about, they're not getting canceled. They're getting justice served to them. Yeah, fucking justice is... So the idea of... I'm sorry I'm very angry about this, but I just see it all the time and it's just Well, so... you especially because you're on Twitter so much. Like, I don't go on Twitter that much, so I can willfully ignore, ignore it because it, but... it's so fucking stupid. In my opinion, well, like, it's really, so what really ridiculous. Set me off, what really set me off, like I said this before, was the James Gunn thing. How he got oh, canceled by a bunch of, like, alt-right fucking idiots because he, you know, came at Donald Trump, which is his opinion and his perspective. So they dug up tweets that he made back when he worked for Troma which was an edgy film studio and they were edgy tweets and Disney fired him just like that day, like, like on the spot. What's scary about cancel culture is the idea that, that that someone at Disney genuinely gives a shit about what people on Twitter are saying. It's like, who are these people? They're nobodies. Who are you? That's the thing. They're yeah. nobodies. Like that's, that's what it is. And like why does why are you given this much power by this platform that means nothing? Yeah. That's, I just think it's dangerous in that way. Yeah, I think so too. Just because something can be on the trending page means that it has value or that it has a deeper meaning. You Probably know? doesn't have value or deeper meaning. But, but the fact that people can receive it that way. I don't know. I think it's very dangerous. Those are my thoughts on cancel culture. You think it's dangerous? I think it's I a think dangerous it, thing. 
you're over and you here. You just fucking hate it. I just think it's pathetic. That's yeah. that's my thing. I think that hold yourselves accountable and you know, fucking if if someone's doing something wrong, actually wrong, go forward, get justice for it. But yeah. if someone's doing something that you don't necessarily agree with or you find offensive that day, get over it, move on. You know what I mean? Like be an adult. Like, yeah, people aren't flawless. Like, Chris Evans is not really Captain America. He's a human being. And not not that Chris Evans is doing anything to get quote-unquote canceled. James Gunn is a human being. He's not a, a, he's not a director that you need to, like... He's not a director that you need to hold accountable for jokes. That's not your job. You know, and, and, and getting involved is not your business. Hashtag High Top Films canceled. Hashtag High Top Films canceled. Um, Bitch get canceled. This one is from Grayson Rodriguez on Twitter. Do you think there's a stigma towards cape shit films and in order to overcome it, certain directors feel the need to distance themselves from the source material, i.e. Joker? Um, I feel like there's always been a stigma against superheroes as being for kids. Um, When it comes to the film industry, I feel like we lost that stigma when Nolan made The Dark Knight and when especially when Nolan made The Dark Knight. I feel like other movies helped break it, like Spider-Man and, like, um, X-Men. Excuse me. But now I feel like the stigma is that when you think of a superhero movie, you think of a Marvel movie. Just because there are so many. Just because there are so many and they populate the niche and it's they're so similar and... I don't, I don't want to get shit for this. They're not, they're not similar in the way that every Marvel movie feels the exact same. They're just made in a similar way. A lot of green screen, a lot of jokes, a lot of lightweight fun, and a lot of them break that formula, and those are my favorites, obviously, like Guardians 2 and, like, you know, the first Iron Man, Winter Soldier. But the, the, the average Marvel movie has made this stigma come around. I think that, like, oh, if you're making a comic book movie, it's got to be, like, Thor Ragnarok. Not Thor Ragnarok. It's got to be, like, because that's a Taika Waititi. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yes. Yeah. It's got to be, like, Ant-Man. Or it's got to be, like, you know, the Avengers. Or it's got to be, like, this certain formula. And I feel like directors, like, like Todd Phillips, who want to come in and do something more different and more, you know, quote-unquote mature. Mm-hmm. Um feel the need to distance themselves from that element. I don't necessarily think it's distancing themselves from the source material because it's Chris Nolan did that. He made it grounded and realistic, but Daredevil is completely the source material, but it's also grounded and realistic. And I I feel like it's because there's so many superhero movies that there's becoming, there's a bigger stigma around what cape shit is. I think that that's also probably, I think that it has almost everything to do with, how many of them are made by one studio. That's where I think the stigma comes from. I think you're probably right, but like like you said before, we were talking about this a little bit before. Um like you said before, I haven't been around for all of it, so like I don't necessarily know the background and the story information, but I think that like if you watch The Dark Knight and then if you watch like I said before like Ant-Man, Ant-Man and the Wasp, there are just a lot of differences that aren't necessarily like None of them are bad differences and none of them are bad movies. It's, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to be controversial here. Um, but it's just like you, you see a formula more so now just because there are so many, like I said before, well, the way, blah, blah, blah. the way Hollywood works is when Nolan made the dark Knight and it made a billion and it was so critically loved. Every superhero movie tried to be the dark Knight, and now Marvel is so popular. So I feel like for a while there, Every other super, every other franchise, the dark universe tried to be a Marvel movie. You know, Justice League was reshot to feel like a Marvel movie. Yeah, well, that's just because it's what's that's in. because it was exactly it's like on trend. So there is a stigma. To answer your question, there is a stigma, but it's it's um, it's it's a self-induced stigma at this point. Does yeah, that make sense? That makes it's sense. like a self love, self-inflicted so. stigma. Snap clap to that yeah there you go i hope that answered the question i keep saying that but i think so i think it did let's do one more let's do one more see if there's any real good ones this will be the final question and it's from Cade mac on twitter how do you think the superhero films will change as time goes on do you think they'll span more genres like the supposed doctor strange horror horror film or stick to the same overall action formula i'm gonna go go um I think that they will have no choice because I, ooh, sorry. No, keep going. Um, I think that they'll have no choice because 
you can only follow the same formula for so long before not just film people, but everybody starts to catch on and get a little bit bored. Like you have to keep things in any situation, like in marriage, you know what I mean? When there's so much of the same thing all the time, like you have to do things to shake it up. And I think that expanding the horizon in terms of genre is a really good way to do that because it allows for a lot of different filmmaking techniques and perspectives and stories to be told using those characters. And I honestly think that that could be super interesting and fun. Like I'm excited to see the Doctor Strange horror movie. Like that sounds dope. You know what I mean? Mm. Like Benedict Cumberbatch is my boy. Like I'll, I'll be in. I just, I think that. But is it going to be, to be cynical, to be my typical cynical Disney, not loving guy. Um, is it advertised as a Doctor Strange horror movie or will it just be another Doctor Strange Marvel movie? I don't know. I, we'll just have to wait and see, but I That's feel like... That's what's going to change the game, I believe. Yeah, and I, I, think I think you're what, right. I think you're right. I think we got to look at what my boys... I used to, you know, obviously, I'm not a big fan of what DC has done thus far in, in on film. I mean, the, the DCEU. I've spoken about that a lot. But look at what we have coming up. We have Wonder Woman... 84 which, which looks super fucking dope. which just from the stilts looks like it has such vision and such style and patty jenkins is gonna knock it out of the fucking park I'm really we have excited for birds that. of prey which looks so punky youthful and so different oh i'm so excited for all these dc movies yes dude, we have joker which is a 40 million dollar you know taxi driver you know king of comedy with the joker and i feel like the way that we're going to get changed is if these DC movies make money or maybe Marvel's going to switch things up now because they've been doing the same thing for a while, tonally and stylistically speaking. To me, it's speaking. just you can only do the same thing so many times, you but, know? But it's not like the movies are making any less money. That's what you have to think about. We may yeah, not love yeah, yeah. what they're doing, but it's not like... But what, what's going to... What, what you have to look forward to is that DC slash WB has finally realized the way to beat Marvel is to do the exact opposite of what Marvel's doing. I don't know that they're trying to beat Marvel. They've I think all, no, they're, they're trying, trying to catch that, up and compete. They've always been trying to compete. I mean, yeah, of course, but I think that they're finally just realizing where they went wrong before. Well, what they went wrong was trying to copy. Yeah, exactly. And now they're, yeah. So now they're just like trying to be themselves again. Yeah, and I think they realize that the, the they're... If you, if you look at the track record of the Warner Brothers superhero movies, the successful ones have always been directed by auteurs. Yeah. The auteur theory auteurs. have always been directed by these, these grand visionaries. You got Donner's Superman, right? You got Tim Burton's Batman, which is such a Tim Burton movie. Then you have the next big successful one was Chris Nolan's Batman. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And even, even, you know, even but Zack you Snyder's Batman v Superman and Man of Steel are visionary movies. You'll never... I was actually going to say the same thing, but I was going to say it about uh, Joel Schumacher. Like, of course... Oh, yeah, even like, Joel Schumacher. They're, like, unique as fuck. Like, they're nothing like anything that had been done before. And I the biggest DC box office bomb in recent times was Justice League, where they, you know, they... I'm sure Joss Whedon would have made an amazing Justice League movie if he had started... And I'm sure Zach would have made a visionary Justice League movie if he had been able to finish what he started, right? Yeah. But that's their big bomb was their Justice League movie because they tried to make it not cookie visionary yeah, and cookie cutter. cookie cutter. And so I feel like they have realized 100% that the thing that's going to get them to be successful and be able to be talked about in the same realm as the MCU is by doing something Marvel's not, which is getting these directors and saying here's a smaller budget here's not a marvel movie budget and go do whatever the fuck you want to do yeah like here's the rights here's the character like you tell the story and i that's what's gonna that's what's gonna get us more variety in the field and i hope marvel does the same thing i really hope scott derrickson gets to make his doctor strange war movie because sinister is great i really love sinister he sinister did that. is an awesome movie and that's that's what I want. I talk about that all the fucking time. That's all I want. You know, everyone thinks I'm an MCU hater, and I'm really not. I'm just a fan of, you know, movies made you by directors and not made by committee. Yeah, you're looking for some originality and some variety. Just yeah. a little spice, you know? Because what made Marvel successful in the first place and what made Cape shit successful is letting directors have a specific vision on a character yeah. and going all in with it. And that's, that's what will change the genre. I think that's a fair statement. Yeah, just make fucking movies, not, you know, not products. So I think that probably concludes 
the first epitode epitode episode of the high top what is that what are we calling it i'm just gonna call it the high top cast the, the high, high top, top podcast. podcast yeah i like that the Whatever. high top cast um it's been fun you know probably gonna go watch a movie after this it'll be a good time i think um if you guys have any critiques if you want it to be more streamlined if you want it to be more personal less personal you know let us know this is the first one and we're just trying this out um we're probably gonna have guests on yeah i think it would be really other my youtube pals on. i think that'd be cool um and if you have any questions you know tweet them to me and we shall answer them or give our two cents on them all right guys thank you Thank you very much, everybody. I just cued her to say thank you, and she was like, what? Yeah, because I wasn't sure if I was if we were doing social medias. Oh, do you want to? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, well, you can follow me on Twitter at High Top Films. And you can follow me on Twitter. I think my name is Nath Small. Alex will shout me out. <laughs> um, but you can also follow my Instagram. It's one natty cake. And yeah. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Subscribe to the High Top Films channel. Can't go wrong with some quality content once every two months or once a year. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully more than that. I'm just, I'm just joking. Okay, goodbye. Thank All you. Right. Bye, everybody.